You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Bet this football season with my bookie. Use promo code Gators and get a 50% match with your first deposit. Only at my bookie. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you Thanksgiving week. Looks a little bit different in 2020. Not Florida, Florida State week like it normally is. It is Florida, Kentucky week. As we know, the SEC shifted this all SEC schedule uh, for 2020. So definitely, definitely a different feeling Thanksgiving week that we're, that we're used to. That's 2024. So uh, Kevin McGuffey from last word on sports will give us a preview of the Kentucky Wildcats and everything going on there after they, uh, they're trying to bounce back after their 63 to three defeat at the hands of Alabama last week. And, you know, where do they go uh, after that game as they come to the swamp and uh, you know, how do they play? How do they bounce back? That's a big question there uh, for Kentucky. So we'll get all that good insight from Kevin And uh, as we look forward to this game on Saturday. Before we move forward, absolutely, I've already said Thanksgiving week. So everybody out there, I'm just going to do it off the top here. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all the support, all the interaction that you uh, bring here on Gators Breakdown. I'm proud to be able to to, 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 to bring the podcast to you. Glad everybody out there uh, that, that listens, enjoys it, interacts, talks, all on Twitter and all that good stuff. I, I appreciate every bit of it. So big, big thank you. It's been a great season. 2020 has been tough for everybody, but the podcast doing you know really well out there. I'm glad to be able to, to bring it to you. You guys are you know interacting listening, watching, however you do it. I'm, I'm just thankful uh, for all the, all the, everything that you bring uh, to, to Gators Breakdown. So once again, thank you very much. I hope everybody out there has a good Thanksgiving. Spend time with the family if you can safely, uh, of course. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get back to normalcy, hopefully sometime soon. But everybody out there, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support for Gators Breakdown. Before we move on, remember, you can find Gators Breakdown at news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. You'll be able to find all the Gators Breakdown episodes there, as well as News 4 Jacks coverage of the Gators. Please share, rate, and review the show. That really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Or if you just want the audio version, check us out on your favorite podcast platform. And follow Gators Breakdown on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. I am now joined by Kevin McGuffey of Last Word on Sports to give us this Kentucky Wildcats preview. Kevin, man, uh, Thanksgiving week. 2020 has been a crazy year. I hope everything's going well for you. Well, thank you, David. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I hope you all have a very safe and happy Thanksgiving. It's, as you said, it's totally different. Everything, the whole, the whole world is different. College football is different. It's been a crazy it's been a crazy year. It would just would be nice to have a little bit of normalcy, but I don't know. 
I don't know when, if and when we're ever going to have that. Maybe, you know, maybe next year we'll see, but, um, yeah, and one thing not normal is usually this week we're talking Florida, Florida State, and Kentucky, Louisville. So you know, it's, uh, we don't now we're Thanksgiving week. We're talking Florida, Kentucky, a game that's usually played in September. So one more just kind of wrinkle in twenty twenty. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And if you go back and look, uh, the, the re- I'm working on my uh, my preview for, for for last word. And if you go back and look, Kentucky and Florida historically used to play yeah. in, no, in November every year. Um, somewhere like the mid-90s, early to mid-90s, I think that they changed it to where they always play because it seems like it's always the first SEC game, and it's always in September. And Kentucky fans have, have said that, yeah, back when we used to play in November, when the Florida Gators had to come up here and, you know, it was 20 degrees, we actually beat them every now and then. <laughs> but, you know, not saying that's what had anything to do with the 31-game the, the 31 uh, game streak or anything, but yeah, but it does kind of harken back to the old days and it is, um, it is a little sad. I mean, I, it's, we should be getting ready as they like to call it up here. They call it Louisville hate week. And, uh, they, um, we, we, we should be getting ready to do that, but obviously that, that, that's not happening this year. The SEC made the decision to just do the 10, the 10 games where the ACC was doing the 10 plus one. We, I think everybody, um, thought the SEC was going to do that as well, but as you said, now we don't have um, we don't have Louisville to talk about. We don't have Florida State for you guys to talk about. So um, now we get to play each other and see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. So Kevin, three and five on the season for the Wildcats so far, uh, coming off a sixty-three to three loss at the hands of Alabama. What's the general feel of the season so far? Um, the general feel. You and I talked, I think, back before the season started, and we all thought up here, those in the program and those who followed the program thought this was going to be a year much like 2018, where the Cats won, thought they were going to win nine or ten games, go to a really, really good bowl game, and it just it just hasn't happened. It's um, it's really, it's been really weird. I mean, the SEC, the all SEC schedule. I think I read somewhere where nine of the 14 teams in the SEC have three wins or less. And you know, we knew that it was going to uh, playing that all ACC schedule was going to be tough, especially week after week after week. And like I said, the biggest thing with Kentucky this year has just been the offense. No one really seems to know what's going on because other than Lynn Bowden, just about everyone who was a contributor last year is back. You know, they have some of the best running backs in the SEC. They have the best, I think the best offensive line in the SEC. They have, you know, have Terry Wilson back. They had, you know, Joey Gatewood. And it's just, for whatever reason, it's just not clicked. And that's, that's been the biggest the biggest thing. They've had three games this year of under 200 yards of total offense, which when you look around the country with the, I like to call it the pinball, pinball-like, you know, stats that keep coming up everywhere. Everybody's playing that Big 12. You kind of correlate with the big 12 bat football scoring 40, 50 points a game. And you see Kentucky just struggling, struggling mightily. And then as you said, last weekend was just, I, I made the comment that the best thing that we could do is if you remember the men in black movies, get like the little flashy thing as they used to call it, <laughs> and just, just go whoop and just forget that that game ever happened. And honestly, it was a total, I don't want to say embarrassment, but it was just, Eight years into Coach Stoops' tenure, we everyone thought they were we were past games like this, where we would lose 40, 50 to three, kind of thing. Because for the most part, Kentucky's the last three years, especially, has been right there, 
in almost every game. There's been some that they've, you know, kind of lost by a bigger margin, but you never thought that you were going into a game that you were going to lose like that. And I do want to say that I think a big thing, I don't know how much you followed it, the death of John Schlarman, mm-hmm. the um, the offensive line coach here at Kentucky. He had, had cancer, was diagnosed in 2018. It was one of the, the rarest and, and hardest to treat uh, forms of cancer. And he died two days before the Vanderbilt game. He hadn't missed a game, had hardly missed any practices since he had been diagnosed. And then he didn't make the trip to Missouri. And if you went back and watched that game, that Kentucky, they had no emotion. They had no, they were really didn't act like they wanted to be there. And, and it showed in the way they played. Then fast forward, the, 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 um, the, the Vanderbilt game, they, they played a lot better. The offense scored, scored 38 points, got over 400 yards, but then the defense played poorly. But I, I think, you know, I, they said, we don't, you don't, you know, they, they would never use that as an excuse, but, but I think, losing coach Larman because he was such a vital part, part part of this program he played in Kentucky in the in the late 90s he, he was a member he was one one of Mark Stoops original hires here um, I, I think that's had a lot to do with it and then of course we can talk about COVID everybody's had trouble with it obviously you guys have had problems this year it finally hit Kentucky last week they were without 10 players um, including four starters uh, Christopher Rodriguez um, and Jamin Davis, basically the, the the leading rusher and leading tackler. Both those guys were out last week, along with it said eight others. Uh, Rodriguez is still not listed on the depth chart this week. Neither is Justin Rigg, tight end. But uh, Davis is back, and a lot, almost everyone. Max Duffy, punter, he was another one who was out. Almost everyone, um, with the exception of Rodriguez, who was out last week, is back. Um, should be back this week, which which will be which will be good because you know we need uh, the cats need everybody everybody they can healthy to to try to try to top stop Kyle Trask in this um, incredible uh, incredible offensive machine you guys got going down there this year. Yeah, Kevin, that's kind of what I wanted to to you know, caution Gator fans about. This probably is going to be a, a a bit of a different looking team than what you know was playing against Alabama last week. You guys will be getting some players back. Some guys still missing, of course, but you know Kentucky will have some guys back. So, Kevin, it, it, the, the Florida side of it, and maybe even the national side of it, they're going to compare Alabama and Kentucky and Florida and Kentucky because the games were played back to back weeks. So, you know, you, you guys getting some players back, you know, should should make some somewhat of a difference there. And look, you 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 mentioned it here. Part of the reason for for some high hopes this season was the return of quarterback Terry Wilson, who helped lead the way for that magical 2018 season, uh, beating Florida in the swamp with him at, at quarterback. Then he missed last season, uh, but he hasn't been able to you know necessarily recapture that magic so far. Now he's sharing time between two other quarterbacks, mainly Auburn transfer Joey Gatewood, uh, a sprinkle of Bo Allen. Uh, what's been the issue there with Wilson, and what does the quarterback situation look like as we uh, as that game gets closer for Saturday? You know, it goes back to what you what we were talking about earlier. No one has really seemed to be able to put a finger on what what the issue is with with the offense this year. Um, Wilson, as you said, Wilson has had games where he's looked really, really good. Um, Tennessee game comes to mind. He had a great game against Ole Miss. Uh, you know, for the season, he's thrown for 829 yards and and six touchdowns. He has his completion rate is 63, percent which is nothing to. Um, you know, nothing to write, you know, nothing, nothing bad at all. He's also run for over 300 yards. Um, 
Kentucky's biggest problem has been in the red zone this year. If you watched any of the um, of the Alabama game, yeah, early on, Kentucky, Kentucky had three three chances inside uh, the red zone. Um, first one got called back a penalty, kicked field goal. Um, second time they got down there, and then of course they had the unfortunate um, snap where the the guy snapped it about fifty yards over the holder's head. And then the third time had another problem with a field uh, a snap and um, another another missed field goal. So Kentucky really could have had twenty one points at that point. You know, twenty one at least. You know, seventeen for sure, and just came away with only three. And I think that was a big a big deflation. You know, kind of a, you know deflated the team. Like, oh well, well here we go. And then Alabama being Alabama, of course, you know, a good team is going to take advantage of those mistakes, and that's exactly what they did. And um, I said, I think, um, except with Wilson, he, he's done some good things. Um, I people, I said, I, I don't get kept, want to keep coming back on it, but just no one really seems to know what what the one thing is. One thing I, I think they played. If like I said, if you watch that game, Kentucky, the offense they were doing, they were kind of running a no huddle. They were doing some different things. They actually had Alabama back on their heels a little bit until they got down to the to the goal line and then it um and then they kind of got conservative again so that that's the biggest thing i think kentucky really needs to just come out and just open it up and just see see what happens look for for josh ali um he's been their best mm-hmm. the best you know wide receiver um said rodriguez said not listed on the death chart but you have aj rose and you have cabassier smoke smoke's been uh kentucky thought was going to have a much better season. He's been hurt by injuries a lot this year, so he hasn't been hasn't had quite the season that everyone was hoping for. But he, everybody thinks he's going to break out at some point. This, you know, why why not better time than Saturday, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and hey, look, you you go to that. Florida has struggled uh, with some up tempo uh, type of offenses. And I know that's not really Kentucky style, but you said you know you saw it a little bit last week. You, you you'd hope to see it some more. And they're probably going to look at Florida's film and hey, say, look, you know, Florida's defense has trouble lining up, getting plays in before the snap. So you may see a little bit of a different looking Kentucky offense if they go by some trends that we've seen from this Florida defense. So if you guys are wanting to see a, an opened up offense, there really would be no better time than this week against a Florida defense that's you know struggling a lot pre-snap. Right, right. Now you're exactly right. I, I, what I would like to see them do is exactly what they did starting off that game against Alabama, come out um, kind of a no huddle, you know, up, up tempo. I said try to get them back on their heels because – as you said, for all the success you guys have had, you have had trouble, you know, giving up some points, giving up a lot of yards um, uh, against teams, and um, I, I that that's the way. I I, I, I on one hand, I want to say Kentucky. The only way Kentucky can win would be in a shootout, but I think that that favors. If you get, if, I think eventually you get into that up tempo game, it's definitely going to favor Florida. But you know, I, I think what will happen is Kentucky will come out and try to control the try to control the ball with, with the ground game behind the, the big blue wall, as we like to call it up here, and, and try to keep Trask off the field. And, of course, I guess the fact now that, 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 that you know, Kyle Pitts is supposed to be back this week, so that throws another, uh, you know, that throws another one, uh, an, another wrinkle in there because, you know, he was much like Trask, obviously having an, an incredible season. And um, you got to follow him, you know, I don't know that you're going to be able to, I don't know that like single coverage, like a linebacker single coverage against him is going 
is is going to is going to work. I don't know if you have to try to double him, but then you're going to leave somebody else open. So that that's going to be a big big thing is is how they match up how they match up against Pitts, and of course, um, and then we'll go go from there. Like I said, I would like I would like to see them come out, throw the ball, run up tempo, but I don't know. I, I have a feeling that's not what we're going to end up seeing, but. We'll find out. We'll find out on Saturday. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Josh Ali there at wide receiver, and then you look at the stats there at that receiver core. Is Josh Ali and then everyone else? <laughs> so is he just right. is he just that much better than the rest of the guys, or you know do, does could those other guys improve a bit, or is he just that much better? No, I think he's he, he is obviously their be- their biggest target. He, um, you know, you go back to last year. You think about when when Lynn Bowden was here. Bowden played the last eight games mm-hmm. at quarterback and was still the leading receiver on Kentucky's team. Um, it's been a thing for a couple of years now that Kentucky, for whatever reason, the wide receivers are just not are just not um, putting up the numbers that they that the coaching staff would would like them to do. I mean, you look at Ali has thirty seven catches. The next the next most is Demarcus Harris with fourteen. And then Keaton Upshaw with 10, Alan Daly with 10, and then no one else has even double figures in catches, you know, in receptions this year. I, I They don't know. They're trying some younger guys. Uh, Michael Drennan, a very, very highly touted mm-hmm. recruit they got out of Ohio, um, trying him, you know, trying some of these younger guys and see see if something something will work. But as I said, it just goes back to what I was saying. This whole season, there's just been, there's just been a disconnect. There's been a disconnect on the offense and no one, you know, if there was like a crystal ball you could, you know, look into and figure out what the problem is or your magic wand or something. Um, I don't know. Nobody, no one seems to know, seems to know what, what, what's going on. But like I said, the receivers, the wide receivers have, have been, I don't want to say an issue, but yeah, getting production from the, from the receivers has been an issue now for, for a couple of seasons. And uh, like I said, they've tried the young, trying some younger guys and see, if, see if that works. But um, you know, I, we don't, like I said, I just don't know. If I had an answer, if we had an answer, Kentucky wouldn't be sitting at three and five right now. I know that. So <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense there. Kevin McGuffey from Last Word on Sports joining us right here on Gators Breakdown as we move to the other side of the ball, Kevin. And look, yeah, you, we, we've talked about 63 points last week versus Bama. But look, Kentucky still leads the SEC in, in pass defense. So, you know, going against one of the best pass offenses in the country uh, now for the second week in a row, Alabama last week, Florida this week. But, man, I tell you what, you guys got a playmaker on that back end. I think we I think we knew how good Kelvin Joseph could be <laughs> the transfer from LSU, but he certainly has lived up to the expectations. Yeah, if you, and the funny thing is, if you go back to the first couple of games, he really struggled. The, the old Miss mm-hmm. game, he got he got eaten up. I mean, there's no other, there's no other way to describe it. Uh, he, you know, by Ole Miss's um, very very talented receivers, but he's put that behind him. I think he just you know the coaching staff, you know, Coach Clinkscale, the the defensive back coach said he just you know he hasn't played in a year, and it just took some time to get back used to playing SEC football. And he's he leads you know, he's tied for I think leading the nation with four interceptions. Um, Kentucky is right near in the the top five I think overall in the country and in interceptions, which is kind of a funny stat because the first two or three games of the season, they had none, their turnover margin. They were last in the country with no turnovers forced and like eight turnovers on offense. But I, I think that the secondary, I think the secondary is going to be up for the challenge on Saturday. That that's, that's one of the things I'm really, really looking for is um, seeing how the defense 
you know, those guys, Corker, um, Brandon Eccles, those guys, and of course, Kelvin Joseph, how they do against faring against Pitts and Trask and the rest of the uh, very, very talented Florida Florida offense. So, um, as I said, Jamin Davis, who's Kentucky's leading tackler, he will be back this week. He's got 73 tackles on the season, two interceptions. He ran one of them, ran one back for a touchdown against, um, I believe it was the Tennessee game. So he's um, having him back is going to be a big, a, a big, big help. And he may be, he might be that guy who tries to cover. If they're going to do single coverage, he might be the guy who's trying to cover, who's trying to cover pits on Saturday. Kevin, before we wrap up here, um, look, there's there's a connection, uh, of course. Last year, Florida, Kentucky, you know, Florida struggling. Felipe Franks is that quarterback. He goes down. Kyle Trask comes in, saves the day for the Gators. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that's, uh, you know, I'm sure Kentucky fans are tired of hearing, hey, you re- remember this game a year ago? This is when Kyle Trask come in and, and, and saved the Gators. Um, what have you taken from being able to to watch that game and Kyle Trask comes in and leads that comeback to what Kyle Trask did the rest of that year. And then of course, all in the off season, you follow SEC football enough, you know, with the comparisons to, you know, can anybody replicate what Joe Burrow did last year and, or nobody can because those numbers have never been seen before that type of production had never been seen before, but yet here we are. And you look at a lot of metrics and, Kyle Trask is right up there with him or, you know, even above him in, in, in some metrics. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of just really all goes back to Kyle Trask taking over uh, against Kentucky last year. Yeah, you had to bring that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about it. Uh, I actually, the, 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 the preview that I, I'm doing, I just mentioned that again. I, I talked about that, the fact that the, uh, the, the, Florida, the, the Florida game last year kind of changed the traje- trajectory of, of your all season because we were Kentucky was ahead 19 like 21 it was 21 to 10 I believe at one point and then um you guys Franks went out with the broken I think it was a broken ankle or broken I can't remember it was broken I think it was a broken ankle and then Trask comes in and it, it's it was total UK football I don't know how many times a quarterback has gone out of the game the backup comes in looks like you know Joe Montana or Tom Brady and, and comes back and leads, leads that leads to that victory. And yeah, as you said, it took, it was, it was a horribly deflating, another deflating loss. Um, you think about it since 2014, Kentucky has played Florida mm-hmm. with the exception of 2016, which was a total blowout. Um, Kentucky has played Florida really evenly. And honestly, at least three of those years from the Kentucky standpoint, probably should have won the game. You think about 2014 down in the swamp, the the triple overtime game with the blown, the blown delay of game mm-hmm. call that wasn't called that led to the touchdown from Florida. Then 2017, where Kentucky just total failure left wide receivers open twice, given you know you guys easy touchdowns, and then again again last year, Kentucky honestly should have won that game, even even when you guys came back and took the lead. Kentucky drove down the field, uh, missed a 35-yard field goal with less than a minute to go. That would have given the Cats the lead and had that field goal gone through, you know, everything, the whole trajectory could have been different. And then in the process of trying to run out the clock, you guys, you know, broke off a 76-yard touchdown run. So, and then as you said, what what Trask has done this year has just been phenomenal. Um, you know, we do, at last word, we do a, um, a Heisman a Heisman poll every week. And he's... Um, 
I've at least the last two or three weeks, I, I voted for him number one, just just based on the stats, the numbers. I mean, he's just having such such an incredible such an incredible season. And um, I said he, I have him, I've had him at number one at least for the last three weeks. And um, I, I think I think he's got a really really good a really really good chance at winning the Heisman, especially because you know you look at you know Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. You know they keep losing. They keep losing ball games. It may not not losing on the field, but not mm-hmm. having games, and he's not out there. It's kind of the out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. You know, I think at this point, Mac Jones is probably his biggest mm-hmm. his biggest competition. And, and going back to points you made earlier, the uh, the SEC schedule makers certainly did Kentucky <laughs> no favors yeah, this year. So we go we go at Alabama this week, and then at Florida, you know, th- this week, and it's kind of like, yeah, let's see how bad. Uh, let's see how good Kentucky is or see what, you know, how, how that's going to, going to work out. But, um, I just said, Trask has just been, you know, I, I can't say enough, enough things about him, enough good things about him. And as you said, it all started in that second half of the Kentucky game last year where Frank's got hurt and he came in and just lit a fire and, and I just, you know, this just continued going through, through the end of last season, you know, the win in the orange bowl and then what, what they've done, what they've done this year, you know, minus the, Minus the uh, the Texas A&M loss, is that I've got you guys. Um, we do a bowl. In addition, I've been doing a bowl predict projections. I've got I have you guys in, playing in the in the Peach Bowl against Cincinnati, and I think that would be a heck of a. I know a lot of people have you in, um, playing Miami in the Orange Bowl, which mm-hmm. would be would also be another interesting game. But I, I said I've got you guys playing um, Cincinnati in in the Peach Bowl. I think that would be a really really. I think that'd be a really really fun game. We have Desmond Ritter. Um, and that Cincinnati has, you know, that defense that, that, that they have going against that Florida offense and the Florida defense, I think would be a really, really, really interesting game. So, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think Kentucky, you're going to see a much different team. I think they were embarrassed on Saturday. Um, by all accounts, the coaches have said they've, they've had a really, really good week of practice so far. Um, just putting that behind them and moving ahead. I think you're going to see a much better effort. I don't think. I don't think lightning is going to strike twice again. I don't as much as I'd like to, I don't see Kentucky winning <laughs> on Saturday. I'm thinking something like 35, 17, maybe um, that like I said, they'll try to control the ball on the ground, try to keep Trask and that offense off the field. But I, I think eventually, I think it'll be really close maybe for a half. And then eventually fourth quarter, I think Florida pulls away. So I'm going to say 35, 17, Florida. All right, Kevin, man. Thanks for your, all your insight here on the Kentucky Wildcats and uh, your, your Florida thoughts as well. Florida fans will be happy to hear that you have uh, Kyle Trask up there. And uh, we, we all know it probably will come down to that game, SEC championship game at, is, yeah. in, in, in Atlanta for maybe who who pulls away uh, with the Heisman Trophy. So, Kevin McGuffey from Last Word on Sports joining us right here on Gators Breakdown to give us a preview of these Kentucky Wildcats. Kevin, man, thank you so much. Well, thank you, David. I appreciate it. And um, congratulations on the season and congratulations on the success of Gators Breakdown. And um, it's that I listen to it. I listen to it whenever every chance I, I get. It's really, you know, it, it's a really fun, really good show. You guys do, you know, do a great job with it. And um, so I hope everybody down there has a happy and uh, safe, uh, safe Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. It's my bookie's third annual Turkey Day free play. And it returns this Thanksgiving Thursday. It's your chance to bet up to $250 risk-free on the early Thanksgiving game. The Turkey Day free play is a no-risk, all-gravy rager on the full game spread. Pick the right team, and you win. If your team is upset, your bet up to $250 is refunded before the next afternoon game. 
New players will get their first deposit matched all the way up to $1,000 to help add even more excitement to the greatest football weekend of the year. That's right. Make your first deposit and get extra cash you can use on your parlays, teasers, and prop bets all weekend long. Use promo code GATERS in order to claim your bonus and your free bet. And the best part is, that's only the beginning. My bookie has promotions all holiday weekend long. Turkey Day free play is Thanksgiving Thursday. That rolls into Black Friday boosted odds and finishes the holiday strong with buy one, get one free Cyber Monday Night Football. That's why at my bookie, they call football season winning season. Check it out now. No risk, all gravy. Don't forget to use promo code Gators to claim all these freebies. All right, let's dive into it a little bit more before we sign off here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Look, Kentucky's offense is struggling. And and this isn't a case like Vanderbilt last week where you could see their offense getting better as the season progressed because of a young quarterback, you know, starting to find his way a little bit. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is for Kentucky right right now. It is mainly Terry Wilson, but the the offense is sputtering with very little threat uh, of a passing game. 121st in FBS and dead last in the SEC for total offense with 300 yards a game. 106th in the country and 11th in the SEC in scoring offense at 20.8 points per game. 103rd in college football and 11th in the SEC in yards per play at 5.03 yards per play. 121st in the country and dead last in the SEC in passing offense at 122.6 yards per game. How much do they run? Average of 37 attempts per game. And they average 60 plays a game. So they're passing on average of 23 plays a game compared to 37 on the ground. They are 50th in the country in rush offense. So that's good for fourth in the SEC, though. So it lets you know kind of how the SEC's playing football this year uh, with a lot of passing games there. Uh, but, you know, they're rushing for 178 yards a game. So that's 44th in the country with 4.73 yards a carry. So bringing up long passing plays, we know that's kind of hurt Florida um, a a lot this year. Florida has given up 21 passing plays of 20-plus yards. Kentucky has 11 on the season, ranking 92nd in the country, and that's with eight games played. Teams around Kentucky in that category have mostly only played two to three games this season. So teams that have played two to three games this season are right there with Kentucky for around 11 20-plus yard passing plays this season. So that's how inept this team is at creating chunk passing plays. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of that is by design for Kentucky. They're never going to be high in that category. Stoops is a conservative style uh, of play, conservative. He, he implements a conservative. You heard Kevin there. Uh, you know, Maybe a little he, – he wants to see it open up a bit more. Eddie Grant's done that uh, in the past, but that's kind of just Stoops' nature. It's just been that way. So – for Florida, you know, it's if, if Stoops isn't going to change a whole lot, I do expect some up tempo. You heard us talk about that, but I do it. This is a chance for Florida. We're figuring out some defensive things to, to work on and get better at toward the end of this season. Get more aggressive mentally. And to me, that starts with aggressive coverage. That starts with aggressive play calls on defense. It's time to change the mindset of this defense again. And I I preached this part of it earlier in the season, and we saw a little more aggression in coverage in Missouri. But over time, it's reverted back to, to some soft coverage, a lot of passive zone coverage. Not saying zone's bad, but mix it up. 
but but in teams like Vanderbilt last week and Kentucky, where you had the athletes, you were outmanning them talent-wise, get your athletes aggressive. Play more, man. Change the mindset and approach of this defense. Too many questions, too many lackadaisical motions, too many you know, too too much wondering of what's going on. I know we we want it simplified a bit, and we've we've kind of heard players talk about it all week this week of how hard this defense is to learn, or maybe how hard it's not to learn, or or, or whatever. But I mean, we gotta Florida's gotta find more ways to play aggressive, and uh, to me, that starts with some play for some more aggressive play calls too. Uh, there, so load up, stop the run. That's the only way Kentucky's really gonna beat you. Cover wide receiver Josh Ali. Don't let one receiver go crazy again this year. You know, cover him aggressively and take your chances. Now, it's just to, to, to me, I mean, it's a simple approach on defense because of the simple approach on offense that Kentucky has, but you still got to go out there and play. Still got to go out there and limit the big plays, and I still think it kind of right now just starts with just calling a more aggressive defense. And that doesn't mean go out there and play man all the time or anything like that. Yeah, you got to mix it up. Todd Grantham's a, a, a nickel zone guy anyway he's not going to change he's pretty much kind of pointed at that in the press conferences this week by mentioning look i've had top 10 defenses everywhere i've been uh this is the same defense well look college football's changed a bit too you got to be able to change with the times dan mullen has done it uh with his with with his approach you know on offense time to see some different things on defense as well i don't care if you've been top 10 in the past you got to get with the times you got you got to adjust a little bit so there we go. <laughs> We've talked about it all this week, I know. So we'll kind of just move on. Look at this game in particular. Uh, other side of the ball, uh, not a lot really here. Kentucky, now everybody's going to point to Kentucky's 12 interceptions on the season. And don't get me wrong. I'd like to have 12 interceptions on the season. It's a good number. But look, nine of those came in two games versus Mississippi State and Tennessee. So the chance is there for them to create turnovers, but it's not all that consistent. All but three have come, you know, in the in uh, nine in those two opponents versus Mississippi State, Tennessee, 12 on the season, three in the other games of the rest of the season there. So, you know, it's, it's not like they're creating turnovers in every game. So, and look, Kentucky, near bottom of sacks and tackles for loss, 108th in the country and dead last in the SEC with 1.2 sacks per game and 106 in the country and 12th in the SEC with only four and a half tackles for loss per game. They don't create a lot of havoc. Play a lot of zone, not a lot of aggression on that side. The defense, in a way, kind of reminds me of a, of a Todd Grantham defense that relies on a whole – a lot of defenses rely on front-bringing pressure, but if that doesn't work, can you manufacture some presser, pressure? And uh, Kentucky's not doing that. The numbers prove it there. Played a lot of zone, not a lot of aggression. This isn't a Kentucky team that that has a defensive front like we've seen in years past on the front and in, in the linebacker position. Cash Daniel, Josh Allen, you know, defensive tackles that just you know eat up the offensive line. They don't have that They're on a consistent basis this year. Trash should have some time to pick apart another zone defense. This will be another big day for Trask as long as the offensive line shows up. Play better than you did early in the game last week versus Vanderbilt. Put some points up early to force Kentucky to get out of their comfort zone on offense and defense. Uh, so, pretty simple to me. You know, how, do, how do you? Kyle Pitts comes back this week. Kentucky's going to have to make a decision on how they want to cover him. Linebacker safety, double him, leave the other guys open. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, the one thing Florida has done 
these couple games, you know, last two and a half games, going back to when Pitts was hurt versus Georgia, find other guys to get the ball. Justin Shorter has been proving himself week after week after week these last few weeks. Javon Grimes, Justin Shorter again, going up and catching big time passes. Kadarius Tony get, getting back in his groove last week. Kyle Pitts is going to be back on the field with him. That's when Kadarius Tony's been at his best this season. What do you do there <laughs> if you're Kentucky? You, you go double pits every time and, and not double Tony and let him go crazy? You mix up your double coverage, uh, kind of depending on where you're at on the field and down in distance. I mean, this Florida offense was already hard to cover. Now you just insert Kyle Pitts back in there. You're going to have to kind of just pick your poison because Florida has now proven time and time again this season that they have other options to go to, whether it be – Gamble and Zipper at tight end, or Tony Grimes and Pitts, and you know coping with a nice touchdown catch lately. And I mean, the options are there. The options are there. It's only going to get better. And you know, Kentucky's going to have to go back and watch some film from earlier in the season <laughs> when Pitts was on the field and how they want to attack this Florida offense. But uh, if Kyle Pitts has time, or if Kyle Trask has time back there to pick him apart, he's going to do so. Run game, you know, I, we'll, we'll get into it. I think, you know, some of you guys, uh, I'll, I'll go get into your tweets here, so we'll get into it. But the run game, uh, it is kind of just what it is at this point. Steady. Go get you three, four, five yards of carry uh, and, you know, go from there. Uh, and and um, maybe maybe get some big runs out of, that, out of that. But as far as offense, finding its way pretty, 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 pretty simple. Um, in other – well, not simple, but uh, in, in other avenues, of course, uh, through – the passing game. So here we go. Let's get your thoughts uh, there. Before we do, I got to get my final score, right? Um, I actually didn't write it down in my notes here. So I'm just going to kind of come, come off the top of my head here, but I do think, uh, I think Florida puts up some points. I think Florida plays really well. I think Florida does bounce back after a somewhat sleepy performance versus Vanderbilt last week, another noon start here, but I expect the faster start on offense and go out there. And I think the I think the defense plays well, uh, and I think it probably has more to do with Kentucky than Florida. Uh, so, don't get jaded by this defensive performance. Now, don't get me wrong; you, uh, we don't give enough credit for doing what you're supposed to do. Go out there and do what you're supposed to do. Go get go find ways to get better. Go work on things. Go do what you're supposed to do against an offense that's not moving the ball consistently all that well, especially through the air. Go do what you're supposed to do. 50 to 17 Gators. That's my final score. 50 to 17 Gators. And let's get into some of your thoughts here. Matt Jones at UF. Doc Jones says aggressive run defense against a big offensive line, strong linebacker play, and man press coverage by DBs. Uh, there we go. I want to see more man press coverage too. It's just not Todd Grantham's MO. Uh, I don't know. Adjust. Adjust. Uh, strong linebacker play. Absolutely. Against this Kentucky run game, that's going to. Use motion. Look, they confused Alabama early last week. You, you heard me mention on the podcast a couple of times this week how they moved the ball, and Kevin mentioned it too uh, with the Kentucky preview. How Kentucky moved the ball early on versus Alabama, just when it we just wasn't able to put points up. But Alabama had more time to prepare for Kentucky, and they were still confused up front early on with all the all the motion that Kentucky's and all the pulling that Kentucky's offense does in their creative run game. Now there's a chance, you know, Florida's going to have to be prepared up front early on. And I think this defense will settle in. The run defense has been much better with Kyrie Campbell coming back. But as Matt Jones, uh, as Matt says here, this is a big game for the linebackers who Hopper, 
there, Pierre, that we saw the aggressive play from them last week. You know, with all the window dressing of this Kentucky offense, they say, hey, there's some young linebackers there. This may be a chance. We can confuse those, but that, isn't that what we want to see? Isn't that what we want to see these young linebackers out there and see how they perform versus an, a, a, a rush defense or an offense that's going to have some window dressing? We want to see that. We want to see if those guys get confused in the same fashion that some of the other guys a- out there do. You know, James Houston, hopefully back to you know playing a healthier this week. Ventral Miller as well. Hopefully, you know those guys have been banged up in recent weeks. Uh, they 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 come back there. Diabate, Bernie, you know, we, we look for those guys to, to, to play a whole lot too. So, yeah, linebackers, this is a big game for the linebackers, especially early on, of how they deal with all the, the window dressing that Kentucky's going to bring about. Eli Anderson says the defense being able to handle an offense with tempo, being set and ready for the play. Uh, this is what he wants to see here. Now, for the offense, establishing their will through the offensive line in the run game. Florida's the passing team now. <laughs> I mean, I'll say that every week. I think uh, by establishing your will as a rushing offense, it's just going to have to come situational football. Third and two, you're going to run the ball? All right, go get two yards. Keep the chains moving. To me, that's what inserting your will is in this offense, this particular offense for Dan Mullen and in this run game, is being able to run the ball when you want to run the ball. You're not going to control the game with big chunk runs. That's not the soft hits right now. But can you go get short yardage when you need short yardage? Uh, and mentions defense with the being being able to hand the temp, handle the tempo. If we see it from Kentucky, then absolutely. I don't know how much we'll see it. I think we should see it. You saw it, as Kevin said, a little bit last week with Kentucky and Alabama. And, and, and you know, coming up, no huddle. And, and moving the ball a, a bit. I'm sure they've picked up on Florida's problems. Go out there, prove it, that you can uh, fix that issue uh, when it has been stressed and brought up plenty of times this week. Um, Incognito at CN Venom says, went by 30 points, exhausted talking about the defense. It is what it is at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we discussed it here. Uh, It's pretty much the same story. We just got to go see it now. Uh, Went by 30 points, of course, that's going to be brought up. You know, Bama wins by 60 last week. <laughs> so, and we knew it just like, as I said, this Kentucky team's going to be different than what we saw last week. And I'm sure they were embarrassed too. People are going to make the comparisons. You get in trouble doing that week to week. Each week is different, but, and understandably, people are going to fall into the trap of comparing Florida and Alabama, uh, Florida and Alabama versus Kentucky two weeks in a row. Uh, Montrez Mosley says, I would like to see explosive play from the run game, which seems very unlikely up to this point. I won't dive much more into that. Uh, I've I've said my piece. Um, I would like the defense to negate any explosive plays from Kentucky. I would like to see Hopper and some young guys early and often on defense. Uh, I spoke to some of that. Yeah, uh, Kentucky doesn't hit a lot of explosives. You don't want to see this defense give up explosive plays again. You just it would be inexcusable at, at this point to see a lot of explosive plays from Kentucky because they don't hit them. They don't do it. They don't live their offense that way. If you see it this week with this Florida defense, I mean, look, one or something, okay, I'm not going to go overboard with one, but if you see consistent like Arkansas a few weeks ago, if you see that again and it's the same issues that's causing that, actually, I don't really care what the issues are. <laughs> you've got to you've got to find a way. But if it's the same issues again, if you can't get lined up and they hit a big big pass because of that, 
okay, then what did you work on this week? What happened this week if that if that happens? So hopefully we're not talking about that <laughs> come come Sunday, Monday when we're reviewing the game here. Uh, Steve Design says Bama was 63 to 3, right? I want 64 to nothing. So <laughs> there we go. No, no, yeah. Sean doesn't care. Sean Steve doesn't care. He's uh it's uh the comparison, and he put the, the laughing emoji there. So having some fun with it, having some fun with it. Uh, but yeah, Sean, we'll take that. We'll take 64 to nothing. Um, Tyrone Shield says defense lined up pre-snap, linebackers filling gaps, competent, aggressive tackling, DBs playing man, making plays on the ball, you know, basic stuff. Oh, and more six in the backfield. So uh, Tyrone there with a, with a laundry list of uh, uh, to, to check off there for, for, for the defense, everything. We've just kind of been discussing all week there. Chris Hill says different rotations on the offensive line. I know not having Reese is some of the issue, but I would love like to see if we can get better protection on the right side and create some push for the run game. And we, we've hit on that uh, a bit as well. But yeah, I want to see more of Tarquin, Michael Tarquin at, at, at right tackle or moving garage at the left tackle and Forsyth at right tackle. However, if you're going to see tweaks, in preparation for the SEC championship game and a college football playoff run, now is the time. The season's dwindling down. You want to see it in game-like situations. You don't want to – whatever's happening in practice, of course, definitely isn't carrying over. Uh, maybe rely too much on practice. What happens in a game? Go put some tinkering in on the offensive line to see if it can help this offense take even another step. I know it sounds like nitpicking, but there we go. You know, they all want the run game to be a little bit better. Maybe so. And, and, you know, then Delant struggled in pass protection last week, too. You don't want your quarterback getting hit. Yeah, you can say, oh, he's only given up one or two pressures a game. But what if that one or two pressure? Look, I know it's football, injuries happen, but what if Trask keeps getting hit from that side over and over and over again and he gets hurt? And everybody's going to point to, well, that's why Delant shouldn't have been out there. So, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if any, any, anything happens. Uh, there, but if you're going to tinker with the offensive line, now's the time to do it. Uh, Marky Marlat, hopefully I'm saying that right, Marky. Uh, just wake up for a noon game for once and to play younger guys on defense. Uh, spoke on the younger guys for defense. Uh, look, Florida hasn't been too bad showing up for noon games. A lot of noon games this year, you know. Um, I mean, the defense is what it is, so. I don't think it being a noon game necessarily contributes to what the defense is, but the offense has come out humming uh, for the most part all season long with all these noon games that Florida has played. So um, I don't see too much of an issue uh, with the noon game. And to come out firing versus Ole Miss, you put up points versus South Carolina as well. The second half was more the issue uh, in that game. Um, it's just, yeah, it hasn't been that. You know, last week, you could definitely say that but i don't overall i don't see that uh, being being much of an issue there but after seeing it for you know the previous week i can see i can see where you're coming from there airgator 007 says playing with emotion touchdowns and interceptions nice fumble recovery we brought in my day uh i'm thankful we're in this position happy thanksgiving airgator yeah uh, uh, emotion i think that goes back to where i was saying earlier playing with some aggression and i think that kind of just translates into that but we've and we've seen some of the emotion last week, but it kind of wasn't warranted. You want players to go out there and still have fun. But I think it rubbed me the wrong way, much like all you out there. 
of this you know, defense last week. They, they, what that they finally make a play, and then they're they're kind of gloating and you know acting like they have been playing perfect or anything all, all, all season. Go back to the huddle and don't worry about it right now. You know, go back there. Make sure you're getting the play in and, and all that. I understand you want to have fun. That is part of it. Part of it. But it does rub people the wrong way when the defense is out there struggling. You finally make one play and then you're out there celebrating. No, no, you know, come on, start playing well, then you can celebrate. Um, and I hope I don't sound too curmudgeon there, but but it uh, it is what it is there. I guess I don't know. Um, Eleven Heisman bound uh, at Gator fan. A11 says Martin improvement by the defense, common every week. Uh, to be honest, I would like for co- Coach Dan Mullen to be more of an active role in defensive decisions and to overall make the defense less complicated and more hard-nosed. I also like to see K to K, Kyle to Kyle, a couple more times for touchdowns. Only thing I'll say about the whole, you know, Urban, we we'll go back to Urban Myers saying that Dan Mullen could be a defensive coordinator. That's how much he believes in, in Mullen and understanding defense. He is the head coach. He should be inserted into more of a decision if he wants to be, of course, it's his team going out there. But going back to everybody wants Gene DeLance taken off from the right tackle spot. That move hasn't happened. He struggles a lot, like we see some of the struggles at linebacker or some of the struggles at the defensive secondary. If Mullen hasn't made the move, away from Gene DeLance at right tackle, what makes you think he's going to make the move on defense? Maybe he's satisfied with Gene DeLance and keeps putting him out there. I'm sure he's frustrated with defense. But if he's not going to take a player that's struggling at right tackle off the field, what makes you think he's going to take players that are struggling on the defensive side of the ball off the field if he's going to insert himself there? That's my only Comparison part there, I know it's a little different because the defense is really struggling compared to the offense. But if you're looking at ways to make this team better, and if one of your ways is inserting other players, then it can be done on offense as well, and it hasn't been done. So there, there, that's, where I'll, that's where I'll go with that. <laughs> uh, and then Dustin, uh, Dustin Wilbright, good friend here, um, probably the most important part of this, you're better than Kentucky. So he says health and a W. Not expecting much more. So there we go. That'll end up for the tweets. Everybody, thank you for sending those tweets there. Uh, but yeah, walk out with a W. Stay healthy. Everything's still in front of you. That's all it really is. Health, a win, move on to the next week. <laughs> so we will, I know we'll pick apart, of course, if that's all we get. But at the end of the day, that's step one. That's what you got to have. All right, everybody, let's take a look around the SEC before we sign off right here. Kentucky, Florida, noon, of course, but also at noon, Vanderbilt, Missouri. Uh, so you don't really have to worry about another SEC game. Still in your eyes that's <laughs> at all. Vanderbilt, Missouri is just kind of the, the whole home game of, uh, uh, of this week a little bit. And then we get to some rivalry week, of course, of being Thanksgiving week. The SEC did keep some of the in-conference rivalry games that we usually see Thanksgiving week. We still get some of those. That starts 3.30. Auburn, Alabama, Iron Bowl, 3.30 on CBS. So Auburn beat Alabama last year. No, so the, And Auburn is playing better, but no. Nah. 
you know, Knicks isn't playing well enough. Uh, this Auburn defense isn't what they were last year. Alabama's on a roll right now. Alabama's playing really well. We'll see what they and, and they're, you know they didn't overlook Kentucky last week to kind of look forward to this Auburn game right here. Put up sixty three points last week. We'll see how they respond for uh, another week here. Auburn, Alabama, three thirty. Definitely worth keeping an eye on after we watch our Gators. Four o'clock. Egg Bowl, another rivalry game here. Mississippi, Mississippi State. A game that old miss. Four o'clock on SEC Network. Should be a fun game. Mississippi State played well last week versus Georgia uh, in a loss. Ole Miss, of course. Everybody <laughs> likes watching Lane Kiffin and, and Matt Corral and that offense put up some points there. So that should be a fun, fun game to watch. Man, I'm going to miss that game being Thanksgiving night, uh, honestly. I, I love watching that game Thanksgiving night. But, of course, didn't want to give those teams a short week. SC doesn't play a whole lot of games on Thursday night. That's one of them that's a staple on Thanksgiving night. But, you know, 2020 takes that away from us. Here we go, 7 o'clock at night. If you're driving back from Gainesville, if you're, you're lucky enough to be in the stadium, you'll hopefully be home in time for Texas A&M and LSU. A game I think we all really just want to watch, Texas A&M, in front of Florida, of course, in the initial college football playoff ranking. Rightfully so. They beat Florida. Um, but LSU, a team that's left on Florida's schedule, as it stands right now, um, just played really well, LSU did last week. Can they give uh, Texas A&M a run for their money? Uh, but I think I, I actually, for whatever reason, I think this would actually end up being a good game. I know LSU is not the same LSU team uh, there, but uh, I, I, for whatever reason, I don't know. I think this will be a good game. I think AM wins, but I think this is a, a game worth keep a, worth keeping an eye on. I really think this could be a good game. I could be completely wrong as well. <laughs> so, and then seven thirty in the nightcap in the SEC: Georgia at South Carolina. Georgia with JT Daniels, and look, you guys been following me all week on Twitter. I'm on vacation, going back and forth, but uh, Georgia fans, of course, too high on JT Daniels, thinking they would have made a difference against Florida. It would have maybe made it a closer score, uh, but uh, that's about the extent of that. <laughs> he, he's not covering real routes. Uh, Florida still will put up some points there, uh, but they're excited there. Can uh, he play good for the second week in a row at South Carolina team, of course, that they're struggling after firing Will Muschamp. I mean, it's not going to be much of a game. I expect Georgia to play really well in that game. I expect Daniels to play well uh, as well. And um, them continuing to, to ramp that up, <laughs> of course, uh, as, uh, as the season moves along. So there we go. That'll do it for the SEC schedule uh, this week. Some good games there. Some good games. Rivalry games. And um, LSU A&M, I think, is a game worth keeping an eye on as well so that'll do it for this episode of gators breakdown once again everybody happy happy thanksgiving enjoy it enjoy it eat too much there's no such thing but go go eat too much and uh thank you once again for all the support and listens and watching there of uh gators breakdown i'm the host of gators breakdown david waters you can find me on twitter at gator dave underscore sec guys and girls out there thanks for listening to this episode of gators breakdown <laughs>